Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and welcome back to Big Apple Hockey. It is going to be a, a quick show because, unfortunately, somebody's got to go to work tonight. And uh, unless one of you want to do it for me, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I, I, of course, am the guy that's taking time out of God of War, Mark Williams, to be your host for Big Apple Hockey. And I'm joined by the host of The Final Buzzer. You had him on the watch along the other night, Mr. John Falkowski. I've won a bad night for a watch along, but... A better night last night. Yes. And also a man that enjoyed yet another third period comeback, Mr. Anthony LaRocco. Hey, Mark, um, did you know that the uh, the Buffalo Sabres drafted Rasmus Sandin? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, Thank God that not enough people read my articles on that one yet. Yeah. You, you, I, I'm you know trying what? to figure out, honestly, how that got by me because I even had all the, the, the top picks on there. More on that Actually, article I was mentioning in a minute. You're very, very lucky that not many people read that because it's just uh, yeah, you know. or even or even called Biana. You were the first one to do it, so I think I. Saw and, but the like, more the more the more concerning part was though your two people have proofread for you. Had they missed that too? I, I don't I don't understand that. I think they were looking for context. I don't think that they actually got there, but. That's a different story, right? I, I, I know. <laughs> I was, and I was so focused on whether or not the article, I got my point across. Which, uh, by the way, everybody, once again, after most Ranger games, check in for the final buzzer to see if that man right there wants to talk about everything. Sorry, Phil's over there right now. And also, look for my 60-second game reviews. There is no chance in hell I'm going to be able to do one tonight. I'm trying to do one for the Islanders as well as the Rangers as well. So uh, maybe we could get more on there always check in with us big apple hockey podcast.com and uh i i am going to be reordering trucker hats again so that's going to be there soon but today guys we are going to start with the new york rangers who were able to come back last night they survived an awful first period filk i can't wait to have the two of us talk about that first period and come back to beat la Right now, they're 2 on the road trip. They play Anaheim tonight, and they just moved Ryan Reeves to Minnesota for a fifth-round draft pick. The article in question we were just talking about, if you want to take a look at that, Kako and Lafreniere are collecting dust. Check it out on BigAppleHockeyPodcast.com. Filk, what do you think about this road trip so far? Well, it's funny that you, it, it's called collecting dust when they were two of the biggest offensive producers last night. I mean, uh, two of the top three would say Chris Kreider, the other three with the two goals, the one, uh, the even strength one, and then the empty net one. But um, it, it's the first period and the the forty minutes after are a tale of two stories with this team this season. You get these flat efforts where they look disinterested, they look like they have no heart, no desire, and I'm sitting there and I'm questioning why Jacob Troop is the captain whether this core is good enough to actually win a cup and whether they have the drive to do so and the coach, whether or not he's the right fit. And then they turn around and they play a, a near lights out rest of the 40 minutes of, of the game. And I, I, I don't understand why it takes these, these spurts, these comebacks for them to, to do, uh, to play this type of hockey. And it, it shouldn't be like this. And I, I still question the coach because when you're having starts like that, that's on coaching. Yes, it's it's partially on the players as well, but that's that's heavily on coaching. And we've criticized Elaine Vigneault in the past for it. We've criticized David Quinn in the past for it. 
And there's going, there's no reason why Gallant's tenure should not be marked with criticizing of these starts the same way that the two previous coaches have been criticized and buried for it. So Gerard Gallant has really got to start doing a better job of getting this team ready and motivated to play for games because I, I don't know why this continues to happen, but it does. And at, at some point, something's going to have to change. Um, I, I know I've been saying that, but if they want to save their season, it has to happen sooner than later. And I said last week that they had to get, uh, they had to go three and one on the strip. And right now they're two Oh and one. So they've got points in all three games. They've dropped one point out of the possible six. So coming away with five of six so far is pretty good. Um, I'm still not totally sold on this team. And I, I think there are a lot of problems that need to be addressed. Like the Jacob Truba still needs to be better. He still needs to be better. I thought Keandre Miller played one of the best games he's played all season last night. I, I, I thought his defensive play was actually really good despite Jacob Truba being as bad as he was. Um, the kids played great last night. Philip Heedle, if you if you looked at the advanced numbers uh, from the game, Philip Heedle was right at the top with Chris Kreider. Um, Capo Kaka, who I thought was the best player on the ice, regardless of team, was amazing last night. He should have had a hat trick. Should have had a hat trick. He had three glorious chances catching in on one. But um, And then you have guys like uh, a Barkley Goodrow, who needs to be better? Sammy Blay, who if if there's a next man out in the whole, let's get rid of dead everybody and jettison for cap space so we can make deadline moves. Sammy Blay's got to be the next one. I'm sorry, but it's got to be Sammy Blay because he's not doing anything that validates his salary right now at this point. And I know he's coming back from a knee injury, but this guy might be cooked. He might actually be cooked. So um, I would move on from him. And I, I like what I saw from Vinny Trocek. I need more from Artemi Panarin. Uh, it, there is no more excuses for Artemi Panarin. He's still a black hole at five on five. They, it needs to change. He needs to step up. He needs to play. He needs to stop passing the puck. And he needs to start shooting more. Um, I, I, I don't like what I see from him. I really don't. But get Vitaly Kravtsov back in the lineup. Start getting generating some offense. I mean, the four goals – without the empty net pulled, we're, we're good. But, again, they need to be better. The defense needs to be better. And I wonder if their next move is for a defenseman because it seems like they're not getting anything out of Jacob Truba. The third third pairing left side has been a rotation between Libor Hayek, who's not good at all, and Zach Jones, who has been up and down with his play. So I, I, I think that would probably be the next move. I wonder if Dmitry Kulikov um, would be something that can interest them. Uh, I wonder if Carson Soucy, if Seattle starts to fall out of the race, would he become available? I wonder what other targets would be available. But, um, you know, Frank Saravalli talked about his trade board because he did like the early goings of it yesterday. And he mentioned Ryan Reeves, and Ryan Reeves magically was dealt the very next day. So um, Frank Saravalli might be onto something. But, again, got to win tonight. Can't come out flat against Anaheim. They still don't have a regulation win. If you give Anaheim – their first regulation win, fold the damn team and end the damn season and quit. That's all I'm going to say there. Anthony, I think Philk was full of information because he went a good six minutes and didn't even – he didn't even pause for anything. Uh, before <laughs> I toss it down to you, Anthony, I just have to say that when I was talking about that they were collecting dust, their usage has gone down so much. I put up the numbers last night, 16 point, uh, 1647 ice time. 
almost 15 minutes for Lafreniere. These are Ferraris that they're parking in the garage and it, that you got to see what you're going to get for them. And if you read the article, you understand what I mean and not about Rasmus Sandin being anywhere. But I do have to say, uh, Philk, last last night, and a matter of fact, the Arizona game as well, to come to mind, like they got dominated in the first period and badly. As I put on the Big Apple Hockey Twitter, if uh, Peterson's pads were made of glass, there wouldn't be a crack on them. And the other crack I made was usually people pay good money to be dominated that badly. So they got to stop this not starting on time BS. Every bad team does it. Mike Babcock used to talk about it with the Maple Leafs. If you remember, that's something that's got to go. And it's that's, that comes down to coaching. Anthony, what have you seen for the Rangers over the last week? Well, um, a little bit of, you know, Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, with some of their play. Um, it looked like in the L.A. game, it could have been headed to a loss. You know, thankfully, in the third period, they took the game over. Um, but more importantly, what we talked about last week was that this, you know, four-game stretch was going to be important. Um, they, needed, they needed to come out with the majority of the points. So 2-1-1, um, not bad. However, if you lose to Anaheim today in regulation, that wipes out, in my opinion, whatever good you did in the wins you got. Because you cannot lose to the worst team in the league. Um, at this point, they have 11 points, no regulation wins. So a loss uh, would be would be really bad for them. However, on the flip side, if you win, you finish it 3-0-1-1, uh, you're feeling good about yourselves uh, as you come back home. So, um, you know, I, I think they have some stuff to clean up. <laughs> Always. Always. But yeah, no, they do have – they, they, they I do, do agree have... with Anthony's point. They they have a lot of things to clean up, and, and like a, that's why I said I'm I'm still not sold on this team as of yet because they just the the wins that they're getting are sloppy. There, yeah, I, I I can see why he did that, but that's that's yeah. fine. But um, the wins are sloppy. Uh, they're they're barely winning by the skin of their teeth in certain games. They almost lost. They almost had San Jose tie that game in regulation there in the final. Wow! And that was a game that they had. And that's a game that they had. And they went up to nothing. You thought okay, and then they score the goal with 15 seconds left, and you're like, oh my god! And then with the 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 last gasp of air, San Jose almost ties that game within the final seconds, and you're just thinking, what are these guys doing? So um, right. I just I don't understand why they can't um, why they just can't pull 60 minutes together. All right. I, I'm going to this is actually great because I, I've said this before. You 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 bring up 92, 93 Rangers. This team reminds me of the 92, 93 Rangers. Funny enough, 30 years ago to the year and how the leadership group clashed with Roger Nielsen. And they just lacked the drive to win games and needed a disciplinarian to put them all in check. And I, I think I seriously think that's what this team needs. So, well, it's it's heading that direction because I, I'm just going to put the final word on this. We're going to move on to the Islanders in about five seconds. Let me just say this, that I'm still not sold. And even if they win tonight and you lose one point conceivably out of the last four games of this road trip, the Rangers need to correct a lot of other problems right now. They're doing a tightrope walk and it's, it's, it's a scary thing. It's a scary thing because the last night's game could have easily been absolutely terrible, 
But we're going to talk about the other New York team, the New York Islanders, who they kind of had some trouble with their road trip too, but it ended very well. They're about to take on the Edmonton Oilers in about uh, an hour. And uh, so the Islanders, they beat the Leafs in overtime, three to two. Anthony Beauvillier, you saw in the thumbnail, it was another third period comeback, even though it's technically not a third period comeback in a way because they were down the third. They weren't, they were tied going in. Um, on the road trip, they lose to Nashville. I was at that game. Fantastic time with the Nashville fans. Uh, I still have to post videos about that. And even seeing a lot of Islander fans that were out there. So, guys, a great job. Uh, Islander fans were in droves going out there, Anthony. And then Matt Barzell with his two goals against Dallas that seemingly we predicted. Anthony, what do you think about the road trip? And do you think the Islanders pick up another win tonight going in against Edmonton? Uh, well, the correct you, they were down two one going into the third. They weren't. They weren't tied. They were down two one going into the third period. Really, I thought Bailey, it was. I, I thought it was the no, other way. Bailey, Bailey tied the game very late in the third. It was two one the whole third period until he scored. Um, but you know, two and two road trip. Um, you know, picked up wins in Ottawa and Toronto. Dropped against Nashville and Dallas. Um, and you know, as far as the the Nashville game goes, you know. They kind of similar to the Rangers in LA. They slept. They they were asleep um, in that first period. I mean, just loose loose on the body in front, letting the Predators players get their sticks free to you know redirect pucks in. Um, really bad. Uh, and despite all that, they almost came back and won that game. Uh, I mean, they made it four three. All the momentum right after that, they took a penalty. You know, Nashville scores five three, and yet they come back again and make it five four. And then Barzell took a penalty at the end of the game, which really handicapped them because by the time he got out of the box, there's only like a minute or so left. So um, I think the Islanders are really in position to win that game if they didn't take some ill-timed penalties. But um, nonetheless, you know, a slow start hurt him again. And the game in Dallas, I was actually driving up to our cabin in Vermont, so um, I did not see that game. I know they were up one nothing, and then they were up again 2-1, and then in the third period they kind of fell apart. But, um, you know, overall when you go on a, four, a four-game road trip, uh, at least splitting it, you know, is, is fine. So they did that. Uh, now they're coming home to play the Oilers tonight, which uh, actually oddly enough, last time they played was new year's day last year where no Dobson scored his uh, scored a goal in overtime to win it. So um, no, but the Oilers, they're, they're, you know, they're a Jekyll and Hyde team. You know, they're, they're really underperforming a little bit. You know, they're carried by their two stars in McDavid and Dreisaitl. Uh Keeping them at bay is no tall, no easy task. Uh, so the Islanders are going to have the cut, their work cut out for them there, especially probably Pellick and Pollock. But, um, you know, overall, again, you know, the Islanders are, are still doing what they have to do for the most part. Uh, the Metropolitan Division this year, boys, is going to be pretty tough. I mean, right now it's really the Devils and then the Hurricanes, Rangers, and Islanders all have 24 points. Um, and then the, the Flyers and the Blue Jackets kind of are already almost really starting to lag behind. Uh, the Penguins is really only the team with 21 points that's still within – you know, shouting different shouting distance and, you know, making a little heat on the Rangers and Islanders and Canes. But, um, you know, so far, like I said, so far, so good for the Islanders. Uh, just keep playing with consistency. I would like to see Belly and Beauvillier produce more. Oddly enough, you know, I criticized them before the Maple Leafs game. Uh, Belly scores a tying goal and Beauvillier wins it in overtime. So maybe they heard me. But, um, you know, overall, <laughs> like I said, you know, pretty good road trip. Would like to see uh, them complete that comeback in Nashville. But, it is what it is. It's always going to get you at some point if you keep falling from behind. But, um, but like I said, 
I really like what I see for the most part. So uh, hopefully tonight they can get a win going into Thanksgiving and, uh, you know, build some good feelings again as we come out of the Thanksgiving break. Because as we know, American Thanksgiving is the benchmark for being in a playoff spot, and they are right now. So to uh, solidify that further, I'm sure we'll have the room feeling good. And just before I get you off the filk, uh, one word, Anthony, Islanders are the best third period team in the league. I mean, it's, it's hard to really debate, uh, to counteract that. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're certainly a third-period team, which in years past, it's kind of been the opposite. But um, I, I would just like to see them uh, come out with a little bit of a, some stronger starts here. All right, Philk. I saw them play probably two of their worst defensive games all year um, between – uh, Nashville and, and Dallas. And I, I think Nashville was probably the worst defensive game I think they played all year, by far. I just saw them making plays that were just lackadaisical boneheaded plays that reminded me of the things that, like, Jacob Truba and Adam Fox were doing earlier on in the season. And I'm just sitting there saying, like, this is not an Islanders team. This is not the structure that they've been playing with for the last five seasons. So um, it, it was – kind of weird to watch those games but they got back to what they were doing especially against Toronto um I thought they played a lot tighter a lot better uh a lot more structure a lot more up tempo in your face hockey that we're kind of used to from that team and they once again prove why they are the best third period team in the league right now um they come back and they tie the game they force overtime they win it um, they get production from two guys who have been maligned by just about every Islander fan all year, and rightfully so, because they just haven't been productive. So um, it looks like the Islanders have their house in order. Uh, I, I think going forward, they'll tonight, they'll, I think they're going to beat Edmonton. I, I don't think mm. this is going to be a problem. I think Edmonton is reeling, not really reeling, but definitely feeling the loss, I should say, of Evander Kane, because they need that element in their top six. And their top six hasn't been the same without him. Uh, I know that they've scored without him, obviously, McDavid and Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins. They've got other guys. Got good depth guys like uh, Ryan McLeod who can put up points and, and play a good two-way game. And they've got other options, Pull Yarvey within their top nine, I would say. But um, I, I don't like their defense still, and I, I don't like their goaltending. Stuart Skinner looks like he belongs in the minors. I, oh, I, we're going to be talking much more about that in a minute. Uh, I, I just I, I don't buy this goal. I don't buy their goaltending at all. Um, I, I still don't buy Jack Campbell, I, I, even though I think he's an upgrade over the, the corpse of Mike Smith, who probably was the NHL's version of the crypt keeper playing in net. Um, <laughs> I, I just wonder what, you know, they were thinking with this team. And I, I still don't buy it. Um, I, I think Edmonton's going to have their. Uh, they're going to have their work cut out for them tonight. And I think the Islanders are going to come away with a win. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say 4-2. I think they win this game. I think McDavid and Dreisaitl will probably each get a point apiece, maybe even two points because they'll be the ones in on the offense. If you let them get to the power play, they are going to burn you. They're just that good, that unit. And with the two of them on there, you can't cover for the both of them on the same unit. It's, it's something to watch, really is. But um, I, I think the Islanders are winning this game. Uh, again, I'm going to say, I, I just, I, when it comes to the third period in the Islanders, it's like they got Herb Brooks telling them, this is your time. Now go out there and take it. And they're just doing that in the third periods. 
uh, it, no matter how much they're down. Like I was like a, we mentioned the Nashville game. I was at the Nashville game and it seemed like Nashville, every time they put them away, they weren't getting put away. So now it's a matter of can they, can they keep that going? Do you want to now? Do you want to be in situations like that? No, but you want to know you can come back. That is what is important. And, uh, you know, I, I actually think they're going to win tonight. I agree with Phil. I would not be surprised if it's another uh, third period comeback again for them. Let's and I would say I'll say four to two as well. I'll say four to they'll they'll maybe they're they're down at some point and then they end up uh, scoring three straight. It's just that's that's the way they've been. They've been playing this and. You know, they're better offensively. They're not bad defensively. I flashed the uh, goal differential, 11th, uh, plus 11 in the league. That's really good. I mean, it's not the Boston plus, I think, 40 right now or plus 30. That's ridiculous. But not many people are like that. That's the New Jersey Devils have that too. Um, last word on the Islanders, Anthony. You know what? I, I, I'm curious as to what, you know, as we move on here in the season, what Lou kind of – you know, focuses on, you know, Josh Bailey was a healthy scratch, you know, two games in a row and played Ross Johnson in his place. And as much as, you know, Bailey deserves criticized criticism, he's, you know, 10 times the player Ross Johnson is and scratching him over, over Johnson doesn't make the team any better. So, um, you know, if they're, if they're looking for a, a spark there, um, you know, I, I wonder if, if Lou's looking to, you know, upgrade a forward position in the name of either Bailey or Bavillier to give them, um, so a little, a little bit more, you know, reliable depth because, you know, Anthony Bovillier is, is an interesting guy because he's got a lot of speed. He's a very good skater. Um, he's actually got a good shot. Um, his puck skills are pretty good. He's just inconsistent. And, you know, that's, that's something that, I mean, you, you can win with guys like that, but in a preferable situation, you want a guy that's going to be able to consistently produce and you know he hasn't been able to do that you know at this point he is what he is he's a he's a 20 goal player who um leaves a lot to be desired somewhere you know else in other parts of his game and is just too inconsistent so uh, i'm curious if the islanders really stay in the hunt here which all inclinations are they will um if he's going to look to upgrade bailey and bovilli's uh roster spot um other than that i really don't have much complaints about them so we'll see going forward all right well Throw down in all your comments, everybody, what you guys think the Rangers and Islanders have been doing for the last week, where they can improve. And, of course, make sure you hit that like button because you got to appease the YouTube gods as I flashed that graphic up just a minute ago. So, guys, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. So, again, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And I want to ask you guys, and um, Anthony, I'll start with you. What are you thankful for in the hockey world this year? Uh, so I'm, I decided to go with Matt Barzell because, you know, after his, his 85 point, you know, rookie season, you know, we saw the drop off in production and there was a lot of talk about, you know, him as a player and what he can do. And, you know, I thought it was pretty obvious that, you know, he was kind of neutered by Barry Trotz and, you know, he signed that big contract. And again, people are like, Oh, that much money for a guy, you know, who was, you know, 60 points and, um, I know we're not to December yet, but thus far he's got 22 points and 22, he's got 22 points in 20 games. He's over a point per game. Uh, and I think he's just, he's just trying to show people that, you know, he is a player that can produce to what he did in his rookie year. Uh, and he's showing what he could do when a coach actually gives him some offensive range. So, um, would have liked to see him score more than two goals, but again, you know, 22 points in 20 games is, is good. 
uh, and the Islanders are winning. So he, he's doing everything right. And um, I think he needed this too. Cause if he would have, you know, started this year with, you know, 15 points in 20 games or, or less then some questions would start to set in. But, you know, right now, early on, he's, he's proven some of these doubters wrong. Phil, what are you thankful for this year in the hockey world? I'm going to go with something that's a little more late uh, as of late, more current, just because the play has kind of improved lately. But I'm more thankful for anything, and this was gonna be my answer, but I'm I'm not I, I'm not going with that right now, just because I think he still can be a little better. But I'm in I'm thankful for the improved play of Adam Fox as a lead. Um, he's been on a big point streak. Um, I think, believe it's nine games now that he's recorded uh, points in uh, successfully. So. Um, I love what I'm seeing lately. I think the defensive play has gotten better. Uh, I think if you had to ask him what he's thankful for, because, and I probably should have used this answer, but the return of a healthy Ryan Lindgren, because you can see that the defense has gotten a little better from the both of them since he's returned. Um, I, I think Ryan Lindgren's a new man and it's kind of inspired new life. And Adam Fox, even though Fox is still prone to a mistake here and there, um, it's not nearly as bad as it was before Lindgren went out with the injury from that Pasternak late hit. Um, I, I like what I see from Adam Fox. I, I think he's getting back to playing closer to that Norris level that he played at in 2021. So um, that that's big for this team because they're going to need their best guys to be their best guys because right now Artemi Panarin has not been the best version of Artemi Panarin. Uh, Mika Zibanejad has been good, but he hasn't been scoring at even strength, which is a, a concern, even though he's still got 10 goals. Um, Chris Kreider has has been up and down more like the Chris Kreider of years past. And Adam Fox has got to really – he's got to start leading the charge again because this team is starting to depend on him for offense. And, you know, if he has another big bounce back year, he may add another Norris to his hardware case. And you're going from the current, I'm going to go to the past, as in the past season, and I'm thankful for the Rangers' first playoff run in seven years. Uh, I, it is a treat for me anytime I ever get to see the Rangers play on my birthday, which is June 7th. It has happened uh, twice in my life. Now a third time that happened this year. It was so much fun. This team was exhilarating, and... Now, this time it was the Rangers doing it as opposed to the last two years. I was having fun watching the Islander fans do it. I mean, I was getting scared last year that I thought they were going to win the cup. And I was <laughs> scared. So, I mean, and that was back when this was all things Rangers, everybody. But uh, but last thanks, year. Josh, really for that. Yeah. And thanks for changing it, Anthony. Dick. <laughs> but, ah. but no, it was it, it was a great thing. It was a great feeling. And and and. I, I would love to see it again. Uh, it, I'm more terrified of a Ranger Islander playoff series that uh, we haven't seen that since 1994. It was not competitive. It wasn't competitive in 1990. It'll be competitive. This one. Do you have a, do you have a cardiologist on hand? Like, you know, no, no, yeah, fortunately, I, I work in a place. Cardiologist <laughs> that ends up happening. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to need Dr. I think we're going to need protective barriers from each other if that happens. <laughs> too. We're going to have to sign a, a contract of saying, now nah, everything is going to be fine after this series, no yeah. matter who, who wins or loses. 
I so think God, one thing now, that we really oh wait, go fish. No, I was going to say one thing that we should be thankful for is Dave says he's thankful for Big Apple Hockey. I so think we you, should man. be thankful for everybody that tunes into the show, um, mm-hmm. supports us, and has been spreading the word or the virus, as a certain person calls it. <laughs> and um, thankful for that. Uh, thankful to, for the community that we have. You know, the, my followers on Twitter are awesome. So. Thank you all. Uh, thankful for kid noises and dog noises from Anthony's uh, dog and kids because they spelling make spelling mistakes and uh, other problems. and Mark's spelling mistakes and and name mistakes because where would we get any type of comedy from if we didn't have Mark calling players like Justin Huberto and uh, <laughs> Anthony Lynn was the other one that was another great one. Anthony yeah. Lynn, I, I legit forgot about, but on the other hand, Justin Huberto, I had a Jonathan Huberto. It just Freudian slip on that one. So. Uh, but guys, I do have to say also tomorrow we're going to be having turkey. And turkeys, you know, usually you call somebody a turkey, it's a bad thing. So who are your turkeys for this last year? And I'll start us off, boys, because mine's NHL Department of Player Safety. I know I've been whipping on them for like the last year and a half now, but they're a joke. They're an absolute joke. Yeah. Evgeny Kuznetsov took a baseball bat swing to someone's face. Uh, the, the Canucks defense, but it's slipping my mind right Kyle now. Burrows. Thank yeah. you. And, uh, and that wasn't penalized. Uh, Aaron, I think it was Aaron Dell when he was on the, the Sabres, he, that he absolutely decked Drake Batherson. And then he Batherson falls down, breaks his leg, and it hurts my fantasy team as well, by the way. But, I mean, how do you just let guys, like, get away with that? And I don't know if it's a CBA problem. I got to talk to our, our, our friend of the show, Statboy Steven, see if it's limiting with that because he knows the CBA, like the back of his hand. But, I mean, I, I, it just – any sort of department of player safety is toothless. I, 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 what I don't get about that is that – Evgeny Kuznetsov did the same exact thing that Chris Simon did to Ryan Holwig. Yes. And he got it. He got a proverbial slap on the wrist for that. I don't get how you let him get away with that. All right. Uh, Phil, who do you have for your Turkey of the year? I thought that this was just for this season specifically. I didn't okay. know that it was just for this year. I, I guess I should have, Ask for clarification on that. So I'll, I'll admit so- fault there. But um, I I went with the Rangers and Gerard Gallant for this season because you you come up, you know, you, you, you get into the playoffs and you have that deep run. And then all of a sudden this year, you look like you have a hangover from getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. What is that about? What, why, why is that the case? And again, like I said, this team needs to get its uh, act together. They need to get its house in order. Uh, this division is going to be extremely tight. It's going to be extremely competitive the whole way through. Um, Philly, they look like they're not going to be in the thick of things anymore, but they're still going to be a, a team that can play spoiler on a nightly basis. And Columbus, Columbus smacked the Rangers around when they came to the garden. That's not good. So um, Rangers. Gerard Gallant, get your shit together. <laughs> get it all together. Get it in a big sack, just like Morty said. Anthony, yep. who's your turkey of the year? I'm going to go, my surprise, but I'm going to go with Johnny Gaudreau. And 
reason for that is, you know, not his on ice performance. He got 18 points in 18 games, but, you know, top free agent of his class, you know, you, you could have stayed with your team in Calgary, which, you know, um, I know they're kind of underperforming a little bit, but could be Stanley Cup contender that had a great run last year. Um, you leave there. Then you pass up a team in New Jersey who's on the rise. Look what they're doing. You could have played with Jack Hughes. And you sign with a team like the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are just a forever stuck in mediocrity ridden team. I mean, I mean, I don't it's just kind of proving he just really went where the money was. He didn't he didn't really he didn't really go for anything other than essentially the money. Uh, Pass up money, though. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. He did pass up more money to go to Calgary. Um, So that is true. That, that part is true, but I, I just think Gaudreau, uh, again, you, you leave the Calgary Flames, go to Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, uh, and, you know, you're, now you're stuck with a team for the next seven or eight years that, I mean, I don't really know how good they're going to be going forward. They got some good based young players on that team, man. But it's not, it looks like so far for this year, he's got some egg on his face with the way his team is performing. Um, and in retrospect, hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, you could say that, but he left Calgary to go to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, you got, you know, you got your money, your point per game, but you're going to be golfing. And I just, you know, I don't know. I, I, I went a little off the board, but that's what I was going with at the time. That's not a bad. It's not a bad one to be honest with you. Uh, as I just uh, overall, back overall, uh, I don't think it's bad. Although I do have to say, we did it. We did the math on it, though, when we did the free agency special, Anthony. Uh, people, you can also put in the turkeys on that one. Is is Philadelphia? Philadelphia chose <laughs> Anthony D'Angelo and Rasmus Ristolainen over what they would have spent on Johnny Gaudreau. That was horrible. Yeah, and I understand the investment that, that they horrible. made, but it was it was an absolute it was absolute just blank show. And so, this this even actually, though I've this comment this comment by David's actually. Actually, kind of true because I think once Philly was out of it, I think he 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 really had all his eggs in one basket. And then once they weren't able to afford him, um, seems like he kind of just panicked. I guess you could say. I mean, there weren't many teams that were in on him that were able to afford him, and he went with the team that was closest to home. I guess that wasn't Calgary, but it did, it did seem like his plan backfired on him. I I, I agree with David there. And and I hate to use this expression because it's happened with people, but when the lights come up at the bar, you the choices of who you're going home with don't don't look all that good. So it's uh, I've seen that I've seen that happen with a lot of free agents over the years in any sport. I mean, I think one of the yeah. guys said that about signing with the Mets one year. That was fantastic. But um, and speaking I, of- again, there's he could have taken more time and figured more things out. You didn't have to do it that day. Speaking yeah, of free agents, I heard uh, Aaron Judge is meeting with the Giants, the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, they're going to – I don't want to get too far into that. But. <laughs> I don't know. And all I'm going to say about that is all the New York Yankees should say to him is go get every offer you want, come back to us, give us the last bid because we're going to match whatever it is. All right. Guys, let's do some bar talk because I got about 25 minutes remaining. Shot. This is the easiest I've ever had to answer. I'm going to say beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. 
<laughs> I just saw the comment judge should sign with Anaheim. <laughs> oh, God. All right, everybody, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident that you're going to buy everybody around? If so, so, I'll just have a beer. Or, oh, God, give me a shot. I need a shot. Play along down in the comments below. And, Phil, we're going to start with this one. Although, actually, now it probably needs to be changed because I was going to say the Rangers can carry a 23-man a roster. And this Shot. all was the same up until about an hour ago. Shot. Shot. It, it needs to be a shot. It, it, it. Well, listen, I, I like Ryan Reeves. Um, he was an infectious presence in the locker room in a very good way because he brought uh, a level of energy that this club sorely needed. Um, he needs the he need uh, they needed uh, a presence like him. He was a leader in that locker room as well, and I, I, I liked him. But the cat's face was needed. They, he had to be dealt, and I, I think there are going to be other moves made sooner than later because what this move to me what it signifies is the fact that they acknowledge that changes need to be made and that a move needs to be made. And this is the first step in the direction. So, um, yeah, I'm shot. Anthony. Well, I think it's actually, I mean, if you can cap wise, if you could afford it, I think it's more beneficial to carry a 23 man roster. If you look at the Panthers and some other teams that were so, that were in such a bad spot cap wise that they've had to carry, you know, 18, 19, 20 man rosters and haven't been able to afford to call someone up because of their cap situation that could really handicap you. So um, yeah, I get Ryan Reeves um, hadn't played. I think it was the right move trading him for sure uh, for the player and for the team. But I do think it's more beneficial to be able to carry a full roster. It gives you a lot more flexibility in terms of, you know, being able to move people up and down. And if someone goes down with an injury, you can call someone up. Uh, I think that's preferable. Um so, yeah, I mean, if they can, I think they should carry 23-man roster. Now, should you have more more productive players on that roster as opposed to Ryan Reeves and Sammy Blay? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm going to go shot with this one as well because, obviously, they need to start cutting the dead weight. If that means um, start calling off guys like Gustav Riedel from the, the minor leagues, then by all means start doing it because this team is yeah. – they're, they're starting to look lifeless, especially – in that bottom, uh, that that bottom line. All right, Anthony, one guy that is turning heads a little bit, William DeFore. You sent us a goal that he had the other night in our group chat. Six goals and two assists, eight points this season. William DeFore will make an impact on the Islanders this season. Man, he he could really shoot the puck, but I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say shot because, um, you know, right now with everybody healthy, um, he's not he's not gonna get an opportunity. Uh, if there were some, you know, significant injuries to maybe one or two, you know, top nine forwards, then maybe he would get the call. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think if they stay healthy up to the trade deadline, they'll add a, obviously a, a player with NHL experience from another team that can help them. Um, so I think not this year patience. I, I do think he could be a fixture on the Islanders going forward. And I've liked what I've seen from him. Um, but I mean, if he's on, if he's on the team this year, that means something might've went horribly wrong, whether it comes to injury or performance. Um, so I'll, I'll stick with shot, but it's not because, you know, he doesn't deserve it. It's just numbers game. Phil. 
I, I'd have to say the same thing. They Anything that I could have said, Anthony basically just said. It's a shot. I mean, you don't – they have too much of an NHL carved-out roster. And it's – as Anthony alluded to before, and one thing I'll say extra, is that they're playing Ross Johnston at times over Josh Bailey. So that that might be another thing that would prohibit Anthony uh, William DeFore from uh, making a roster. So um, shot here. Yeah, and I'm actually, even if you want to say in the concept of a trade or anything like that, I'm going to go shot too. I don't think the Islanders want to move them, and I don't no. think they want to rush them. I think they want to get them up here. They're not going to do it until there's an open spot for him and there's actually a little bit more playing time. You don't bring up a top pro- – you don't have a top prospect play uh, seven minutes and then ask him, hey, why aren't you producing? No. But speaking about top prospects and guys that produced a lot in their careers, Evgeny Malkin scored one – sorry, he – well, he did score over 1,000 points. But uh, he played his, in, in his 1,000th game, and he scored his 452nd career goal in that game. If you haven't seen the video of it, his son actually announced the starting lineup. It's adorable. And, Phil, I got to ask you this. Evgeny Malkin, top five Russian-born player ever. Wow. Um, we're talking just NHL? We'll do just NHL because, unfortunately, Trediak and probably Boris Mikhailov would knock him out of there. Uh, I, Val, uh, Valerie Karlamov, too, maybe. Uh, yeah. If it was uh, – if we were – if his career would have went a little longer. Um, I'm going to probably have to say yes as of right now. Um, I, I'm going to buy around on this, and, and I – I can maybe put Sergei Fedorov ahead of him. Same amount of MVPs. Um, Pavel Burry is debatable just because he's, to me, he's the most skilled goal scorer I think I've ever seen in my life. Alexander Ovechkin, obviously, is, is a top three, maybe the best. Um, so, yeah, Malkin, Malkin's right there. I, I would say Pavel Dotsuk, too, just because I think Pavel Dotsuk is – Arguably the best two-way player to ever play the game. So, Anthony, <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's around. Um, you know, Phil mentioned a lot of players I were going to mention. You know, Bore, Fedorov, Ovechkin, Datsuk. Um, you know, Malkin's right up there. He's got he's his numbers don't lie. He's got cups. He's got individual hardware. Um, you know, I, I think I think it's around for sure. I think originally in the notes you you had this as listed as top three. If I did you originally write top three? I think I might have said top three. Yeah. So that for me is like oh, three. Then I'm like uh, I was debating, but five three would have been more interesting. Yeah, because that yeah. would have been an interesting debate. Five, I think five, I needed three. a faster answer because five. of Thanksgiving Eve. I would have loved yeah. to have had this as a conversation. Five oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, it's, we're, we're talking five. It's round. Not not in my opinion, not debatable. Um, and also I got to throw this tidbit in there. He was named to IHF. Uh, all Russian team and also the first ever Russian Consmith trophy winner. Uh, yeah. For me, I'm going to, I'm going to buy around, but I think he squeaks in. I don't think it's as, as close. Bore is the debatable one between all of them. Uh, Cause I think Datsuk I put ahead of him. Cause I think Datsuk is one of the best two way forwards of all time. If you said that and his predecessor on the Red Wings, Sergei Fedorov is right there as well. Uh, Malkin was a second fiddle, but man, what a second fiddle to Sidney Crosby. I mean, this guy, this guy had it all, and and I can't even put the Red Army teams in there. Obviously, uh, uh, Fatisov would be in there as well. 
Yeah. So there's a lot, but unfortunately, as it uh guys, Morgan Riley was placed on long-term IR this week and uh, the Toronto's got a bunch of injuries on the defense. Toronto can survive Morgan Riley's knee injury. I'm going to say beer. Uh, This is going to be a tough one because he helps so much with their offense, um, both even strength and power play. Um, He's really their only legitimate puck mover on that back end. Rasmus Sandin has not established himself yet as a uh, top end puck mover. Uh, I mean, if there's any time for him to do it, it's now. But they do not have a legitimate, trusted, reliable puck mover outside of Morgan Riley. So um, you also spelt Riley wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's R. The I comes before the E. Yeah, his, his uh. name is the one that where it's the I before the E, Morgan Riley. Okay. So, yeah. All right, that would be Morgan um, Riley, I guess, if I pronounced it that way. Yeah, so, so I, I'm going to say beer because this is going to be really tough for them to deal with, I think. All right, Anthony. Yeah, I'm going to go. How about that Rasmus Sandin? Yeah, I'm going to go beer. Um, I think it's going to hurt them a lot, but I think during the regular season, they could probably skate by. Um, eventually, though, the, the Band-Aid that they did today with trading for Connor Timmons from the Coyotes, the defenseman, um, that's really not going to hold up that long yeah. come the deadline. If they're still in it, they're going to need to do some more heavy lifting with their cap and get a more you know suitable D in just to help them out in general. Um, and by then, Ryle will be back. I'm just talking about an instance. Their defense as it is needs to be upgraded. So now with him out, it really does. But I don't think they have enough cap wherewithal to make a move like that to do it now. So they're going to have to kind of try to tread water until he comes back and then the deadline to really improve. But um, it's going to hurt them, but I, I don't think it will sink them. Uh, but it is not, it's not good, though. I'll tell you that. I'm not, let's not make light of it either. Yeah, I'm going to go beer, too, because I don't think it's going to sink them because they got the potential scoring to do that. But I'll tell you what, Anthony, we've talked about the Islanders tying that game the other night. I mean, that doesn't happen if it was Lilligren as the goaltender that was in that game. He, he was – that was a bad play. That's a L- bad Lilligren play. is a defenseman on Toronto, not, that, not a goalie. Uh, well, whatever the backup guy is. I, I, it, wasn't, it certainly wasn't Samson, but I yeah. thought it was. And it wasn't, and it wasn't Murray because you know it's been it's it's another week. He's got to miss more games, but yeah. it's it's just there's, uh, it's just never good. All right, Philk, we were talking about him before. Specifically, you were talking about him before. Jack Campbell is going against the Islanders tonight, six and four. Look at those numbers! Ouch! Those numbers are, those numbers are amateur at best. The Edmonton Oilers regret signing Jack Campbell. Um, I'm going to say round just because <laughs> I didn't think that he I, – I, I thought he was an upgrade over Mike Smith. I still didn't think he was the answer. What I thought that they should have done was they should have went out and actually ponied up assets for John Gibson. And they, they didn't do it again. You got to wonder if they try to do it at the deadline this year, but – Jack Campbell is going to be really, really hard to move. He doesn't start to come back from these numbers because um, he's not a hot hand, as this caption would say below this banner. Yeah, but that was and also for uh, that was for uh, Stuart Skinner. I jumped the gun on Stuart that one. Skinner is not a hot hand either, and he's probably a minor league caliber goaltender himself. 
So, yeah, Edmonton's definitely regretting this signing right now. Anthony. Uh, yeah, I mean, right now it doesn't look good. Um, they seem to not ever really – like similar almost to the Flyers. They can't get it right in goal. Um, it's becoming an issue. Uh, so, I mean, it is still a little early, so I'm not going to go round because, you know, again, it's not even December yet. But uh, So I'll give it a little bit more time. But the early, uh, the early return isn't good. And oddly enough, uh, Jack Campbell – broke his nose on the bench as the backup the other game in New Jersey. You see that he uh, yeah. got hit in the face of the puck. Um, it's a terrible, uh, terrible luck. But, um, no, you know, I wasn't sold on this guy when Toronto. I mean, his numbers at some at some point were at least decent. But you could tell that, you know, he wasn't a legitimate starting goalie that can win a team a cup. Uh, so I don't know what the Oilers were thinking. I think maybe it was just a lack of options or not willing to pay the price for a guy like John Gibson or someone – um, of that ilk, they weren't. They, they didn't want to pony up. Uh, now it seems to possibly be costing them. So I'll, I'll go. I'll go beer. But uh, yeah, he needs to get his act together. Oh, I'm sorry. You went with beer. All yeah. right. Yeah, because I'm going right back to round. Because um, no, uh, I wasn't convinced Jack Campbell was a starting goaltender, and I think he would have been better off staying in Toronto, where at least he was there. Um, and they knew what they had, both parties, him with Toronto and Toronto with him. Instead, it looks like both these teams are going to lose out on this, or the both parties, I should say, because it doesn't look like they're solving their goaltending situation in, in Toronto, which I, uh, Sam Sono's numbers have been good, but they're going to be different. And uh, it's, it's just, it's not going to end well for, for everyone involved. All right. Um, we got two more guys. So, the Winnipeg Jets, 7-2-1 and one in their last 10, 11-5-1 on the season, 23 points, tied for cent, a second in the central. The Winnipeg Jets aren't getting enough respect, and I will start this one off, boys. Uh, I'm going to go beer, actually. I'm, I wanted to buy everybody around, but nah, it's going to be beer because there's still the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, there's still some good teams in that central division, uh, but, I mean... I think they're kind of getting exactly the respect that they deserve on that one. Uh, they've, they've looked a lot better, like uh, winning a lot of games, especially at home. But I, I think they're, they're right where they are. Phil. You know what? I'm going to say round and I'm going to provide context with it just because I, I think that, you know what? This team wasn't really expected to be where they are right now. I think second in the division would have been a little high. They, I think everybody was set a bubble team. But if you look at the makeup of their team and where they're getting their production from, you have a point-per-game Josh Morrissey right now leading them in scoring. With he is amazing this year. Pierre-Luc Dubois is one point short of a point-per-game with 16 and 17 games. Kyle Connor is not playing his best hockey after having a 40-goal, 90-point season last year. Mark Shifley, who's been Mr. Point per game for like the last six years, um, has, he's under a point per game right now. Blake Wheeler is starting to show signs of aging at 36, and he's well short of a point per game right now. Neil Pionk still continues to put up points. Cole Perfetti, I mean, he's scoring at almost a 40, uh, just over a 40 point pace. And then after that, everything is kind of just meh. But I mean, they're playing well. They really are playing some good hockey considering the guys that they're not getting production from. 
So um, Connor Hellebuck has been the Vezina Connor Hellebuck that we that we know. I mean, he's got a 207 goals against and a 935 save percentage. His numbers are some of the best in the league. Um, he's back to where he was in the 2020 season. So uh, the Jets definitely need to get a little more respect. I think if they make a move at the deadline, I think that team could do some real damage in the playoffs. Anthony. Uh, oh, you might. Uh, hold on, I got him. I, I'm going. Um, I was going to mention Connor Hellebuck too. Um, he leads the league in save percentage. As Phil mentioned, 9.35 save percentage. Um, he's been outstanding. Um, and to me, what what kind of impresses me the most um, is that they're playing really good hockey. And if you look at overall, their defensive core really isn't. You know, it's not. No. It doesn't jump out at you. It's not. It's not the best. You got Morrissey, who's having a career year, but then after they got, I mean, Neil Pionk, Dylan DeMello, Jansen Harkins. I mean, they 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 got some guys that uh, Capabianco is on their decor. Like you, you hear their names and you're like, who? Um, so despite that, though, they're playing winning hockey, and I, yeah, I, I do think not enough people talk about them. But you know, if they keep it up, um, they will start talking about the Winnipeg Jets. So. Uh, I'll go with beer. Okay. All right. And we got one more for this guys. And we have actually gone through these pretty quick. It looks like I might be even on time for work. That's, that's going to be terrible. I really didn't want to be on time for work today, yeah. but um, I'm dreading tonight. 15 games are on the schedule tonight. Actually, I can't even find the two off teams right now. I, I, I looked through it and then, and then I just lost interest in trying to find that out. 15 games on the NHL schedule tonight, guys. The the uh, Thanksgiving Eve is the best night for hockey. Uh, Anthony, sorry. Go ahead. I mean, it was just this past Saturday. I think there was 15 or 16 games on. So, I, you know, this isn't necessarily unique. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to I'm going to go, you know, Shot me a beer. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't. This is silly. I mean, the best, the best slate of hockey, in my opinion, is you know, like that first, that first Saturday after like the week of opening night where the majority of teams get started. You know, it's new, exciting, it's fresh. Uh, that's always a good time. Um, obviously, playoff hockey is the best slate of hockey. Like round one, round mm-hmm. one's my favorite round, just in that there's always a game on and you're always watching something and. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I put a couple of different times of the year ahead of this. And just, in, again, in general, a typical Saturday in the regular season, there's a lot of games on. So I don't think this is exclusive, exclusive to Thanksgiving Eve. So, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll go I'll go shot. You know, I think this is Mark just getting lazy last one. He needed a topic. So he's like, yeah, I'm just <laughs> throw something out there. I'm just busting your chops. But, um, yeah, it's it's – it's shot for me. Uh, I'll jump in first, <laughs> Phil, and I'll say it's a, it's it's a, it's a beer at least. I thought it was going to be a little bit higher when I originally I thought about this. Anthony's right. There was 15 games on Saturday. Uh, there's uh, usually Hockey Day in America, or, or even I believe they have Hockey Day in Canada too. That's uh, that's a bunch of games that are in there. I mean, hell, every single week there's usually a, a triple header uh, just for Hockey Night in Canada and stuff like that. But I mean, it's it's um. And it's good. It's not. It doesn't have to be great, but it's still a good. It's still a good slate. Usually, there's always uh, every team is playing tonight. 
I have no idea why two teams aren't tonight, but that's a different story. And, um, you know, it's it's still good. I, li- I like seeing this. Phil. I'm going to say it, Beer, just because I, I, I think that it is a really, really good slate of hockey. And usually from what I remember, um, Thanksgiving Eve and I believe New Year's Eve are both very good nights for um, hockey. Uh, and as, as Anthony said, that very first Saturday – uh, of the the season is always a really good one too. There's always, I think, usually almost everybody plays that first Saturday. Mm-hmm. And just like let's jam every game that we can in there, um, you know, from from one o'clock to to ten o'clock. So uh, that's usually pretty awesome too. Um, obviously the playoffs, but the playoffs, I I think you would include exclude them from this argument, just because the playoffs are just a different animal because there's a different element to it. But the regular season, that slate isn't set. Yeah. So the, the, yeah, the best slate that isn't set, but um, I, I, I would say beer here because it, it's very, very close with that for a Saturday for me. All right. Well, we've done all of our drinking for a big apple hockey's bar talk for Thanksgiving. Thanks for playing along in the comments, everybody. And uh, it's time for some Q and a from anybody and also seeing uh what's some league-wide news we got oh big lose watching big lose watching you know <laughs> yeah uh, um, what are the news around the league you guys got right now uh, obviously like- the, the, the trade the trade of ryan reeves to the wild which yeah. um was referenced not really touched on all the way but uh that move happened the, the as i mentioned the maple leafs made a minor trade they acquired connor timmons from coyotes which i, I believe he was a I think he was a first-round pick a couple a couple of years ago. No, I don't um, think he was a first-round pick, Timmons. I think he was a second-rounder. Second? Okay. Yeah, I'm um, pretty sure he was a second, but he was one of Colorado's top prospects for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. second-round pick in 2017. So those those two moves happened, and then, um, I mean, Phil mentioned earlier Frank Ciervelli did like a early trade board, um, but no, but no real rumors still yet mark uh yeah I think and, and really... at the top of that trade board if you want to just kind of expand on that is um Bo Horvat uh Frank Saravalli has yeah. Bo Horvat number one up there obviously Patrick Kane Jonathan Taves are both high up on his board as well Jacob Chikrin mentions again so um but you know that it's it's really somewhat quiet I think within maybe the next month or so i would say by the christmas trade freeze i think that's when you might we might pick up a little more on the trade rumor front and then obviously after that that's the prime season then up until the deadline it's it's amazing jacob chikrin hasn't even touched the ice yet this season we're already talking about where he's going to be traded to it's 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 just and it's it was happening when he was getting physicals a month ago it's I, I don't understand a team that would actually trade for him right now. But then again, there are teams that are out there. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, at that price, too. Like, why? Like, this guy has had one really good year. And then the other years have just been kind of meh. And at what point do we sit back and say, that, hey, this might be an outlier. Or, hey, he's not healthy enough on a regular basis to be able to pay that price that Arizona is asking for. He's going yeah. to be 25 and he's had exactly one good year worth the price that Arizona wants for. Ariana pointed out that 
Uh, Timmons was a second round pick. He was traded with a first for Kemper. Kemper, yeah. Which and then I'm not going. Well, I mean, Colorado won with Kemper, so yeah, you you make that trade every day of the week. But I mean, the fact that Kemper had a sub 900 save percentage in the Stanley Cup Finals, and that they just let him go without even asking in the mm-hmm. in the following season, um, it's not a great look. Maybe All right, tactics. Moves that you're like, eh, not so great. <laughs> well, guys, this is one of the rare times where I have to leave early. So I'm going to be doing that. I'll be turning it I over. I think we're to- all going to leave. I think, right, Anthony? Yeah, yeah uh, I got a dinner and all that stuff. And so, yeah, we all got some yeah. Thanksgiving stuff. So, again, um, it's a bit of a short show today, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us today. Because, uh, unfortunately, uh, I've got to go in. And just serve drunk people the entire night. And it's it's just the worst oh, that's night. Gonna be fun. Yeah. All right. So um anything else for uh, Anthony, what do you think the Islanders are gonna do? Are they gonna win tonight? Uh yeah, I hope so. Um, I mean sometimes I just I just get a feel like a game like uh like actually that Nashville game um uh, and Dallas game too, nonetheless. I didn't have really good feelings going in, but uh I do have a good feeling going tonight. I I I do think they will get the two points score i don't know maybe three one um but i i think i think they'll get the two points tonight all right and Philk, there's no rangers on friday no, we know it's right, not- you broke up there you're kind of like muffled oh i'm sorry how about now yeah better yeah there's no rangers this week for the, the uh, sorry not until until saturday i should say when they take on Connor mcdavid and the oilers yeah, uh, Saturday no, no Black game. Friday. No Black Friday game. Yeah, it's, it's is, whatever. It happens, you is, know. So, going to start tonight? He's definitely starting tonight. Yes. I, I would imagine he would probably have to start tonight. Um, I could check. I didn't see. Uh, I didn't keep an eye out on that today. Let me do that right now and confirm. All right. Well, everybody, thank you very much for joining us. Perhaps Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And uh, check in with us at the end of the night, or maybe we finally get some content to throw out there, a game review. It's probably not happening tonight, but I'm just throwing it out there anyway. Thank you very much, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving. Be safe, everybody, and let's go, Rangers.